podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 2020 has presented its share of challenges, and some of us are taking a hard look at our future. Can you imagine owning your own business? As an Amerispec franchise owner, you can have more security and control over your future and be there for your community with an essential service year-round. You could join the most recognized brand and home inspection services, Amerispec, and provide peace of mind to home buyers. With low startup costs and excellent operational support, you can be a business for yourself, but not by yourself. Learn more at join. Hello and welcome to another Touchdown Fracker special. My name's Lewis and I'm joined by a very special guest today. Uh, we've got Dapo Afalayan. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm very good. You know, like this lockdown thing is, is not easy, but um, we're trying to get by. Um, yeah. yeah, so like I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, actually, let me give the listeners a little bit of background knowledge on, on who you are. Obviously, you're, you're, you, you play for West Ham. Yeah. Um, you're currently on loan at Mansfield, if I did my research right. Yeah, now that finished in January. Ah, uh, what? Wikipedia shagged me. Right, you can't trust Wikipedia. That's that's what I'm going to say. So you're back at West Ham now? Yeah, back at West Ham. You're back at West Ham now. To be fair, though, there hasn't been much football since January, has there? Yeah, no, nah, it's been a bit no. up and down. Yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously, your day, I, I don't know if you heard our interview with Freddie Ladapo. Um, you're um, the second oh. part of our new interview series, so... Yeah, I don't know if you should feel privileged or like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's good. It's good. But yeah, it's funny though because um, the chef at West Ham he calls me, he calls me El Dapo because he he can't say Freddie Ladapo. He's like, oh, El Dapo scored again. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I listened to a, a, an interview just before you came on um, with uh, your manager at Mansfield when you first signed, and he he just didn't want to say your name. He was just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, glad, "I'm glad, I'm glad you said it, mate." <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, no, but like, uh, I, I was interested to obviously um, hear your story because your your story is quite an interesting one and quite a unique one. You don't have like a con- um, a uh, a a traditional way of like entering the football scene and, and where you are now. And I think it's quite interesting. So um, I'm like, re- I'm really happy to have you on the podcast, actually. And and also like added bonus that apparently you actually listen to the podcast. So that's a, that's, that's added bonus. Um, so yeah, like, I, I just want to take it back to where you started from, basically. I'm sure you get these questions all the time, but I'll try and make it as interesting as possible. Um, obviously, you started at Chelsea, right? Yeah, I did. And then... Yeah. So, so how 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 old were you at Chelsea till? 
Um, I was at Chelsea till I was 14. So mm. I was there from when I was eight till I was 14. Um, yeah. and leaving Chelsea at 14 was like tough for me because it was, I left before the end of the season around early February um, because we'd all been given like notice from the club that they wanted to move all of all of us to Cobham and that was a long way from home for me uh, and they was going to move us all into digs in Cobham and we was all going to live there, do school there and stuff and I went to a quite a good school and I was like quite focused on education as well as football um, and I was a year up in school so I was coming into my GCSE year and moving me out of there and dropping me a year and things, the logistics of it didn't make sense. Like my parents weighed up the risk reward and to them it didn't make sense and obviously they explained that to me and then I just, to be honest, I just went along with it um, and it was just one of those things really. So from Chelsea you did something quite interesting which is yeah. like not a lot of uh, British kids do which is move abroad. Yeah. And obviously, we're seeing a lot more British talent now moving abroad and, you know, look like basically getting their football and education away from England. Yeah. And you took the decision to move to Toronto, which like, I would love to go to Toronto. That, that city is amazing. So like you, but you moved to Toronto when you were 15. So yeah. like, just explain like, like, what was the thought process behind that decision? And like, what was life like out in Toronto? I mean, it was kind of out of my hands in terms of it was like a family decision based on my mum's work. Um, and I, I mean, at the time for, at the time I was playing, because after I left Chelsea, I went to Barnet for a little bit while I was doing it, because it was, I lived in North, like near Wembley and they, they trained right in Wembley. So there was a decent enough academy. I knew a few of the boys that used to be at Chelsea there and the academy manager was one of my old coaches at Chelsea. So I was there for a little while. Then... So in terms of football, for me, it was almost like, oh, I'll go over there, um, go to school and then see what I can do. I'd researched like, the football clubs from the RSC before I got there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't it didn't hit me until I got there, but it was kind of almost make or break in terms of if, you, if I don't get in there, then there's really no other option. Because mm-hmm. um, football over there is very different. It's not like being in London, you, you don't get into a club like Chelsea. You've got Arsenal, Tottenham. Palace, West Ham, like Brentford, QPR, countless academies, and even like across the country, as countless clubs. Mm. At the time in Canada, there was three professional clubs. Wow! So Toronto you've got being one of them. Toronto FC, mm. Montreal Impact, and then the Vancouver Whitecaps. And, yeah. and I mean, MLS teams, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you get into the, uh, if you don't get into Toronto FC, I mean, you're not traveling. 20 hours to Vancouver the other way so yeah. yeah I mean so when I when I got to um, Toronto I uh, called up uh, Danny Dicchio who was uh, one of the coaches there uh, one of my co- he used to play for Barnet mm-hmm. so one of my coaches at Barnet knew him and uh, kind of reached out and he brought me in to like for training and I, tra- I just went there and trained and to be honest it was it was good. Like it was, a, I was so, when I got there, I was shocked, surprised at firstly how good the facilities were, mm. how good the training ground, um, how good the players were, and the training. It was, it was just like being back at Chelsea. Um, everything was there for you. Uh, it, I mean, it was better than Chelsea in that regard because they washed the kit for you. 
boots were left there. So all I had to worry about was just getting there myself. Um, so I remember what I was doing was I got after school, I'd get a, I'd get a cab downtown to the training ground. And then I figured out a few of the boys lived close to me. So then I started getting the club started paying for cabs for us three to get in together. So that was really good for me. Um, and the way it's the system works over there is because, as I said, Toronto FC, they're not going to be, they don't play against other MLS academies because it's too big the country. Mm. They'd only do it once every blue moon in like a tournament towards the end of the season or mid season, something like that. So from the younger age group, so for example, Toronto FC under 12s, they'll be in the under 13, like regional league where they've got other teams who are like older. So for them, it's better because they learn to play. They're playing against older boys. So they fit, they're, they're up to the physical task of the game more, which helped me massively because I was always small, always just like played in my age group at Chelsea because I was always one of the smallest. And obviously the physical side of it was, was always what people would worry about with me, about whether I could manage like and wherever I'd grow. So going over there, I had to grow up as, because once you got to, once I got to uh, 16 and I was put with the, because they do it by age group, mm-hmm like the year you're born so I was in, I'm a 97 so I got put with at first because I was small I got put with the uh, 98s and 99s mm-hmm. and as I was training I trained with them for a few weeks and then they pushed me into the senior academy team which was basically the reserve team mm-hmm. which, which took so it spanned from 97 which is my age group to 22 23 so I was about so I was 16 training with 21 22 year olds so it's like an under 23 side kind of thing yeah, yeah. yeah. and and it was it was good and and we went in. They just started a new league in Canada called League One Ontario, which was um, the closest thing they had had to like a Canadian top flight, really. And so they, it was a men's league, but they put our academy team in it, oh, nice. and it was good because we. I mean, the first season we went unbeaten, and mm-hmm. we won the league, went unbeaten. Um, but that was mainly because our squad. Like I look back at that squad of players, and we've got like unbelievable players we've got a, f- a few players playing pr- pro in the MLS now um, Mark Anthony K probably being the standout plays for LAFC best team in the all-star in the MLS uh, Marcus Coutinho he played for Hearts in the Scottish Prem he's at, he's in Germany now um, Liam Fraser plays for Toronto FC in the MLS so like they've got we had we had good players we had a player called Mo, Mo Babuli who was our striker and he was unbelievable unbelievable um he went to play for the first team and then he went abroad as well so we had a good team and a great setup there so it, it was good for me in terms of my development so, so you stayed out in canada for two years right yeah is it, is it two years yeah, yeah, yeah and then so what forced um or what or what what was the decision making process in in coming back to england was it something to do with your development over there or was it just like another family kind of it was a few things it was mixed because the original idea was I'll be go to Canada for a few years as a family but um, obviously I, I was enjoying it I was enjoying my football things were good there especially like the first year my first season there was unreal loved every second second season was that person I'd admit it was tougher for me um, because they introduced a new team called uh, Toronto FC2 which was the USL Pro team and obviously the season before I'd got in like one the rising stars team of the year for that league I was in and the Toronto FC two team was like a second professional team in Toronto and playing in the USL Pro League, which is 
equivalent to the championship in America in America. And when that came about, we had they had like training and trials and like I was always on the fringes of that team. And then it got and then there was another team which got made, which was the PDL team for professional development league, which is similar to what I was playing the year before. So I was kind of playing in that and I wanted to be further, but towards the end of the year I realised that it would be hard for me to progress out there because at that time uh, Americans playing in Canada counted towards the foreign uh, uh, the, the, the designated is it like a designated player yeah. kind of thing and now like international because you've only allowed like five or six international players okay, so so they got a so, so signing me and so a few of the boys that were signed on like young deals or pro deals for them it's easy because they're homegrown players mm. it's good for good for the club good for the country but for me it's different because I take an international roster spot so they're weighing up between mm. like someone maybe players. more experienced yeah. and yeah so, I mean so I, I realised you know that'd be hard for me and then the rest I, I got a visa to stay because um, I, I think I just I was just turning 18 so I was like able to get a visa to stay and apply for by myself um, but my, the rest of my family didn't so they kind of were always going to come back. And I said, you know, I'm, just, I'm not going to stay out here in that kind of fight by myself. Mm. I'll just, it, I'll just come back. And I was, I was looking at going down the um, university route in the States anyway. So I'd spoke to uh, schools like Yale and Duke. And I had like a, I was speaking to Duke for quite a while. I had a decent offer from Duke. But um, yeah, I chose to come back. When you say like a decent offer, are you talking about in terms of like your education? Yeah, so one of the boys that was at um, Toronto FC, uh, he he left Toronto FC and he went to university. Um, his name's Kavon Black. He was a good player, centre-back. He was our captain. Uh, he went to Duke University on a full-ride scholarship. So he'd go there. They pay all his school fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I mean I think their team was sponsored by Under Armour they get free boots everything just everything's there for them like education and a decent footballing and, and at that time uh, it was weird because the traditional route because you see it in basketball is you go out of high school go to college and you get drafted but in football it's different because it's hard it's not you don't over here you don't get drafted into a team yeah. you either nothing you get you just get given a contract and you play no matter what age you are, but over there in basketball and football is different so at the time it used to be oh the MLS draft was the way to go through to get into a team mm-hmm. but with the new um teams that they were bringing back the second teams they're bringing in it made it made it harder because people were thinking well I can go to university and get drafted but if I've been it so for example if you've been at an academy you go abroad and get drafted and go to a university and get drafted that academy that, that had you for growing up, they had rights to you anyway. Mm. So you may as well just stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was a weird one. The system was all weird at the time. So, it, I mean... It was, Is it still the same system now? I mean, I think it's improved. Like, I know they've changed rules and regulations. I know yeah. the, some of the players went on strike with regards to things, but... I, I guess, like, in, in... I guess Canada specifically and America... I, I, I know they've been an established kind of setup for a long while now, but I still kind of feel like they're they're finding their feet in terms of they're still trying to find their feet maybe in the professional game a little bit. Like obviously their system is so different to like how it is in the UK. So I don't know. How, how, what do you think is like the best system? Do you think 
the UK I mean, could ever go to something like how they do it? I mean, it's always hard because the American sports system is totally different. It's viewed differently abroad uh, over there compared to because in terms of sports stars are entertainers first and foremost. Mm. Like the LeBron James, the baseball players, they're all, they're entertainers and that's their job to entertain. They're viewed like in a different way and football's not on that standing yet. It's getting there definitely because you see you see play, uh, teams and having what, 70,000 yeah. Atlanta United, 70,000 at their games and I think Toronto FC, I know they get 40,000. Um, TV deals now as well, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely on the rise but it's hard. Like, I mean, I've had, I have a friend, Dion Pereira, who was at Watford, and he went to Atlanta United. Mm. Um, said it was good there. He said it's it's so different to what you think it'd be like. And I, I obviously being over there, I knew what football was like. And I know there's good players out there. Yeah. But it's just infrastructure is on the rise. It's it's almost like they're about twenty years behind the Premier League and things like that. Mm. But, but they know, they make quick progress, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. American. Yeah, when they adopt something, they 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 get it. Um, so so obviously you came back to 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 England. So um, so did you go down the? What happened when you came back to the UK after you left Toronto? I came back, came back to the UK and I went to university mm. uh, because I was always gonna I was gonna go to university in America if I didn't stay at Toronto. So I thought I was go to university and play football. Went to university. Um, and uh, like did a did a year in Manchester. Uh, then I was then I wanted to change my course. So I went to Loughborough the year after. But in that summer between Loughborough and Manchester University, I uh, I was playing for two in a Mitchum. Okay, yeah. Freeze for a while mm-hmm. um, in non-league and just just to stay fit, just to stay like on top of things. Um, and while I was playing there, I had interest from Charlton. And they wanted to bring me in for a trial, but it wouldn't. It was like they wanted to bring me in in October, but I was on my way to university, so it was whether I stayed in London for a trial, but I might get into Charlton or I go to university. And Loughborough University is probably the closest thing in the UK to like an American-run university. Yeah. So I mean, the stadium's better than some League Two clubs. They they play uh, at quite a decent level, don't they? Loughborough University. Yeah, you to be honest. They um they play at like an all right level. Yeah. They they play. I think it's step five of non league. Yeah, I know it's not. I know yeah. it's not too far below the conference. Yeah. So if, if I mean it, it, when I got there, it wasn't bad. It was good set up. Um, their squad's massive for the for the first team, especially. Um, I mean, I, I had to go through the the usual route that most university kids have to. Like in terms of sports, go through go trials, um, then work your way up from there. I mean, I got put in the after trials, I got put in the in the freeze. Mm. Um, so that was I play. I think I trained with the freeze once or twice. Yeah. Um, I didn't play any games, and then I got called into a game on a Tuesday night. Just got put on the bench on the game on a Tuesday night for the ones. And I remember at the time, my boots were horrendous. I had like. I had like some night Manchester, um that my cousin had given me because he had a, he was at Arsenal. He had a night deal, so he gave me some of his Magistas that but that didn't fit him. And I'd worn them like on Astro, and I've worn them like loads, and like they'd lit the studs were like non-existent. And I'm playing on a Tuesday night, like 
on this wet pitch. Yeah. I, was on, I felt like I was on skates. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, I've got a video of when I came on and I not made the guy on the halfway line. And, like, the whole, like, a few, a lot of the university lads were there. And obviously, university lads are funny because you do, do a skill and they go crazy. Mm-hmm. Not made it down the halfway line. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, stay on your feet, stay on your feet, stay on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was, like, my first taste of men's non-league football mm. and as there I just worked my way up I worked my way into it um, started playing regularly started scoring goals um, and we had a good team like with some good players there like uh, we have uh, Luke Trotman I mean you probably know him off Love Island but for uh, wait, let, me, let me see Luke Trotman do you know, I, do, I do watch Love Island but you know some of the seasons are a bit hit and miss First and foremost, oh, okay, foremost, yeah, 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 okay. First and foremost, he's a right back and he's a good one. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> good. So, I mean, it, it, in my first year, it used to be uh, me on the right, him right back, mm. and we were terrorising people on the right-hand side. Um, and it was fun. I was scoring goals, just in, just enjoying football, really, just going to uni and then and playing football and enjoying it. Um, not thinking anything of it, really. Um and then I remember after one at, of our... At, sorry, just to interrupt you. At that point, when you were at university, was you ever regretting... I, I guess you can't regret it because it was kind of taken out of your hands, but was there ever any kind of like, damn, like I left Chelsea and then obviously it's transpired that you've gone to Loughborough and stuff, but like, was there ever a point there where you're like, damn, I, I wish I could have been at Chelsea still? Yeah, obviously, of course, of course. It's always like that. Um, especially when you see, I think at that time, my age group, a lot of my friends, they just won at Youth Cup, uh, won uh, UEFA Youth League. Who's in your when, age group? Uh, well, Tammy Abraham, Fukai Tomori, Dom oh, Salang. Yeah. Top, top players, yeah. I mean, from our age group, I, was, I remember I was looking at my photo, one of the boys sent it to me from our under nines, and I think out of our group, we've got close to, I think it's, eight or nine pros insane that's insane considering like what like most age groups one <laughs> one going pro kind of thing at good levels I mean you've got you've got Fukai and Tammy and the first team. yeah uh, you've got Jack Taylor who just left Barnet in January got bought for half a million for Peterborough playing week in week out there um, Ruben Samet who's at Sunderland Carl Scott at Newcastle so I mean we we had a great we had a great group of boys. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I mean at at that time it's hard. Sometimes you, you look at things and you obviously regret it and you and and but it's everyone takes their own path and it took me a while to learn that but it made it made it oh uh, yeah. It, mm. for me it made it easier because I I mean I was just enjoying what was whatever was in front of me. Sure. It's just, just I mean when you're on a pitch you forget about things like that. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah enjoy it and play the game in front of you so mm-hmm. yeah but I remember after one of the Saturday games we had um, again I was just injured. I think I, I just played in goal and just the manager pulled me to the side and he said Solly or Moors are putting a seven day for you and I said to him what's a seven day because I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know what seven day was yeah 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 that's yeah. common terminology in non-league, uh, non-league yeah. for, for, for those who are involved in non-league football they all know about yeah. seven days so he so he told me what a seven day was and I was like, Oh really? Then I'm waiting seven days. 
I'm, I'm in my. I'm it's in the most the bizarre concept, isn't it? But you know, it's yeah. it's there for good reason, I guess. Waiting seven days, and in those that time, he said, oh, "I've also had like, um, I've had uh, MK Don's crew, Rochdale, um, like ask about you. Uh, who, there was another team. I think it was Knotts Forest. Yeah, Knotts Forest. He said, I've, I've also had them like inquire about you. So I mean, I wouldn't rush to anything, but just you've got some, you've got quite a few options. Mm. Um, and he helped me a lot because he, my his name my, Michael Scabala. He's the England futsal manager now. Oh, nice." He asked. He like would go through things with me, and and he wouldn't he wouldn't pressure me into making a decision. He wouldn't tell me to rush. And he, when I I got injured t- just at that time when Solio uh, put in the seven day, because uh, I remember the manager calling me and saying, "Yeah, I've got. I know exactly. I want to play you. I'm going to play you on the left. We've got Luton in the second round of the FA Cup. If you sign now, we, I'm going to start you against. You've got seventy percent chance of starting." Against Luton in a second round of the FA Cup, and I'm, I'm, I'm in my uni halls thinking, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they beat Luton. That's the third round of the FA Cup. Yeah, that's mental. I could be playing Arsenal next. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but then, I, I, I was, I was carrying a niggle when I was like, then he said to me, "Do you really want to go there and potentially make it worse for a game?" And I said, "Yeah, it makes sense." So then I said to him, like, "At the minute, I'm, I'm not fit. I'm not fit." Um, and I remember the the Saturday after I didn't play um, for the for Loughborough, and I'm sat in the, like, the stadium and they've got a TV in like the box, and I remember football focus being on, and I'm I'm sat there and then it's one of my mates goes Soliola winning. I said what? And I go out, they're beating one nil. I get Luton, and then I go out again, and they just scored again. I said what? So they're beating two Luton two nil, and I'm thinking I could still go there after this, mm-hmm. but then I'll be I'll be playing in the third round, and then. I thought, ah, oh. and then I sat watching football focus, and it went two one, two two, three two Luton, four two Luton, end up eight. <laughs> well, so was, was there like, a little bit of relief there, or, or like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, good, because <laughs> I was in the embarrassing day losing eight two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I got myself. I got myself like I pushed through that injury, but I made it worse. Ended up like out for, for quite a while over Christmas and then beginning of the year like towards the end of January I got back into things got back playing again and then after the our January exams finished I had about two weeks off uni where I didn't have anything and so uh, Rochdale one of a coach at Rochdale Brian Murphy uh, wanted to bring me in I mean he's now the manager at Rochdale but at the time he was uh, one of the assistants and he brought me in and I was there for a week um, trained with Rochdale's first team there was in League One third round of the FA Cup in the playoffs I mean I was 19 at the time never been in in and around the professional men's first team other than that uh, Toronto FC when I, I did train with uh, them a few times but not in England and it was a shock for me because uh, they had uh, they changed at the um, stadium walked over to walked 10 minutes down to a little cricket pitch where they had goals and they just marked it out and they just training there and it was intense sharp um I, first introduction into EFL running which was not good at all because their their manager Keith Hill said um the lads who've played Saturday uh, so we were playing games that was like 10 v 10 and he said after we played four four rounds of games and he, after each round of games the lads that didn't play Saturdays which was my team were running so obviously I played Saturday as well. So I was I played ninety minutes Saturday, yeah. and on the Monday, 
I'm playing in a League One session with Rochdale and I'm running in, in between sets. I can't, I was blowing out them. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And obviously, we were getting battered because obviously they were still fresh, the other team. So we're still getting battered. Oh, but it was good because introduction to men's football. And then after the week, Rochdale just said to me that obviously you're an unknown identity. You've not got any men's experience really. Um, they said, we know you've got an offer from Solio and we'll keep monitoring you. So like, we think you should go there, go get some games on your belt, see how you do. And then you, who, who knows what happens. So literally left Rochdale on the Friday. And over the, I think it was a Thursday or the Friday, I left Rochdale. And I called the manager, Solio Moore's Liam McDonald. And I said to him, yeah, I want to come. I want to sort it out. We sorted it out. I was supposed to go down and play working on the Saturday, but that got called off. So then I, um, oh, what's it called? Then I waited a few days uh, to the next game, uh, which was Sutton. And Sutton United were in the third round of the FA Cup at that time. Was that, um, was that maybe the year they played Arsenal? Yeah, that was the season they played yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. I'm sure they were, I think, because when I played them, because I, I, a few, uh, like the year after when I went to England to see my roommate, Louis John, played for Sutton. And I was talking to him about the game because I was saying that was my debut. And he said, yeah, man, we, we didn't care because we had Arsenal the following week and we were, <laughs> none of us got suspended, none of us got injured. Because yeah. I remember uh, my debut, I was on the bench and Regan Charles Cook, who came on loan from Charlton, mm. uh, he, he scored in the first minute and then in the 45th minute. And then I came on and literally about a minute after I'd come on, he gets played down the right-hand side. And I'm literally running side by side with him, and he squares it to me, and I, and I tap it in. Mm. First time, I was buzzing because he could have he could have gone one v one with a keeper and probably scored a hat trick, but he squared it. And then after that, like I was just confident in the games, and I just kept growing in confidence, and then just making an impact off the bench. And then I think the manager gave me my first start away at Dover, and it was nil nil, but I played really well. Um, then I played against Braintree, and I probably should have scored a hat trick that day. I remember I got one clear off the line scored a good goal and then I remember we were 3-0 down after about 15 minutes didn't feel good 3-0 down after minutes and I was like oh my day so we're getting battered here anyway, I think it went 3-1 then I scored to make it 3-2 uh, then we equalised we made it 3-3 and I remember it was buzzing mm. and that, that was my real first taste of like the emotions of like a men's football game and everything that goes with it yeah, like obviously, I'm just looking at your solid hole record now. So you you got so you said you were playing from the left, right? Yeah, so like I'd play either from the, I'd play from the left, I'd play uh, up top by myself, depending on the games. We we were ling- like languishing it just above relegation, okay. especially in my first season. So in my first season, I played mainly. I'd say I play up top a, a quite a lot by myself, and then if I come off the bench, I play like out wide, but. In my first season, I think I scored four goals. Um, yeah, I got four goals in fifteen, and then and then in your second season, you got eleven in thirty. Yeah, which is which is pretty decent considering that's your first like full season playing. But Solihull was professional, right? I mean, we was we was in a like it. Some teams in the league were professional teams, and then you got us who it was our second season in the conference. Right. Um, like our setup wasn't as good as other teams. Like mm. I mean, we we didn't we never had pre match or anything. I mean, the only time I've ever, ever had pre match at Solio was we had Torquay away, and I mean Torquay's about was about five yeah. hour 
Might as well so go we to left, Toronto, basically. <laughs> yeah, we left, left, we left at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Drove down to Torquay. Remember, we were knackered. And then somehow we won at Torquay. But I think a goalkeeper scored the winning. You know? What? <laughs> yeah, oh, mental, non-league's mental. Like, I remember <laughs> it, was, it was windy down there. He booted it and it bounced it through over the keeper. Yeah. But, yeah, so we... Uh, yeah, that was my. That we we didn't really. It was hard because the budget for Solio wasn't massive, and mm. our goal was just to stay up and to stay in the league. Um, so, and we didn't have our manager was young, first experience at that at, at, at that level. Um, but I mean, we stayed up in our first season with on the penultimate day because when I got there, we were pretty much basically safe, saying, "Oh, we only need a win to to stay up." And then we went on a game where we lost a run where we lost seven games in a row, and like that. It, it hit us badly that like we all, we can go down here, boys. When we went to Tranmere, and I remember our manager before is the arts of Tranmere, massive club, massive stadium. It was like Easter weekend. There was about five thousand there, and we were we were like, oh yeah, just he was like, just go out and enjoy it, just go and enjoy the experience. And I remember it was nil nil first ten minutes, I think. And Regan played me in, and like I ran, I ran to to get there, and I kind of checked my run to stay on side, and then he played it, and I remember if I carried on going, I probably would have got in and scored. And then after that, the gates opened. I mean, it went one nil, two nil, then they had a penalty, missed it, but then the guy scored again after, so it was three nil at half time. Mm. I remember, I they were they were brutal like battering us like in a challenge and I remember like I couldn't see out my eye like for half the game because I got hit in my eye my eye was all blurry on this side so I couldn't see out my eye on the yeah. one side I'm, I'm trying to play this game and I was all over the place I remember half time I was getting told but obviously I was just firming it because I just thought well, I've just got a firmness that I didn't want to be like Does anybody want breakfast? Guys let's go I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the $1-2-3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That really is like... That's... I think that's something that people don't really take into consideration when they're like analyzing like the jump up in levels it's that competitive element you're never going to be able to replace it like you you've got like guys obviously um playing for tram it's their livelihood you know they're playing for their bills they're playing for their you know for their family kind of thing and um it's something that i get we're talking when, when we get to your spell at west ham and stuff like that it's it's something I'm quite keen to talk to you about, like the the, the difference in levels when you got these when there's something really on the line, and yeah. um, like how it is playing in those games. It's it must be something really hard to replicate, like in youth levels, reserve levels, and stuff like that. Yeah, until you actually play, is it's hard, but it's so hard to replicate that because I I know like I remember our captain at the time, Liam Daly. He he's like a, he's a legend at Solio. He's a great guy. I thought he's a good player, great centre, good centre back. But I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see many Liam Daly's like the higher you got because he every every game meant so much to him. You know, he's working for that clean sheet bonus because that let's not be let's not get like disillusioned like people need it because a lot of the lads at Solio had other jobs. I remember 
some of the games we played, like some of the lads wouldn't be able to come because if we had an away game on a Tuesday night, and some lads, lads, lads have got jobs, so they got mm. so some of the lads who were teachers, mm. if they couldn't find if they couldn't find cover, they couldn't come to the game because yeah. how how many teachers can get let out of of class at one o'clock in the afternoon yeah, to get yeah. on a bus to go play an away game? Because I remember we had throw a screen away on a Tuesday night, which was like a trek. But then obviously lads are like, oh well, I can't I can't come. One of the boys said he had to he was taken over detention so he, he couldn't he couldn't do it. Which is unheard you wouldn't hear that like that in the professional yeah. game as well. No. But it makes for I mean, good stories when teams like that yeah. like do well oh. in the cup competitions and stuff like of course. Know. I mean we went to Forest Green and we got battered in the first half. That's probably the best team I've played because they were near the top of the league. If they won that night, they went top. Mm. Um Liam Noble, who was their captain at the time, he bullied us in the first half. I remember it was that bad where they went one and up and they hit the bar and they they was they almost they could have been four or five up in that first half and um he he took he literally was taking the mick like they had a goal kick and I was playing up top by myself and he's gone back to the keeper keepers passed it to him on the edge of the box and he put his foot on the ball and like gone like this to me mm. so like come press and I was like what <laughs> I was I started running around he just went bang 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 passed it around me like. I remember we were getting battered and then our manager changed the shape. We went to two up top, three at the back and then I scored like my best goal when we had a free kick and it, Liam Daly played it quick and then I literally just played off instincts. Like the centre-back was there, gave him a nudge to put him off. Keeper came out and like just put it over him and around him. Um, and then the other centre-back, he tried to recover and, I, and he's like slid and I've megged him literally on the six-yard line. And his uh, teammate was in the corner. I just, I just smashed it as hard as I could, and it went in, buzzing because we're thinking, "Oh, little Solly will go and throw a screen. We're going to get a result." And then in the ninety-fourth minute, um, they 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 went and scored a winner and got it because they had a, had a chance to score a winner, and the keeper made a great save. Like the ball got crossed in and it bobbled up, and I've literally just thrown my foot at it, and he's like punched it mm. on my foot and over the bar from about a yard. I couldn't mm. believe it. But yeah, I remember that. But even even that, like they they were that desperate to go up that um, after the game, our captain was like, their their skipper Liam Noble, like in the ninetieth minute, was saying, oh, I'll give you I'll give you four hundred if you let us score five hundred if you let us score <laughs> in the game." I think that's it's crazy to me. Crazy. <laughs> well, um, so obviously you had like so you had like a year and a half at Solihull, was it? So you had one full season and one half a season. No, so I had so I had half of the first season and then another half of the second season. So my second season at Solio was different because we were rock bottom of the league. Mm. For so like you managed whole... to stay up the first season. Yeah, mm. and then second season we were rock bottom. Um, I got a bit restless because towards the end of the second, uh, my first season, I had interest from clubs. I was in the papers about Leicester and Swansea, and then mm. I got um, invited to the Jamie Vardy Vinan Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I was going to go there and do well, but I missed out because of an injury. And then start of the second season, I started off really well. I remember, I think, I think it's because I had a bet with a security guard at Solio. He said, he said to me, "I bet you can't score ten goals before uh, before like the January transfer window." Mm. So I said, "Cool, bet you." And I remember I scored seven by October, mm. so I was flying, I was buzzing. Um, and then I got to nine right in November, 
and obviously we're still rock bottom of the league. And he said, no, no, you won't do it. You won't do it. And I was like, no, nah, we'll remember the last game before the transfer window was made. I think it was Maidenhead away. No, actually, no, who would it have been? We had Maidenhead away on Boxing Day and it would have been someone after that. But I remember after that, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to score. Like, Anyhow, I need to score. Even off your bum, like, go, oh. go, let's go. And and I, I didn't I didn't manage to score and I was mm. fuming. Mm. The first of January comes, Maidenhead at home. I scored two, <laughs> so I got, <laughs> I got to te- I got to ten on the first of Jan. Yeah, fuming. I was like, oh, <laughs> I lost the bet. He had the bet. He had the bet with me and the old manager. So our old manager got, got sacked, and then Richard Money came in, and he was like, I think he was really good for me because. He changed our system. We played a three-four-three, and he played a big man, and then me and Jermaine Hilton on the left. Jermaine plays for uh, Motherwell now, and like so, it was kind of us two, and we'd always rotate off the big man. I remember the best game I pr- we probably played was at Eastley. Um, but we was unstoppable that night because we was just floating off each other, just enjoying football. And Rich, like Rich Money, he he taught me that like I need to be right in my defensive position so that when we get the ball, I'm in a great position to pick it up and just go and attack. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I really clocked onto the defensive side of the game, knowing what I needed to do, picking up the right positions. Yeah. And then he he resigned after 28 days, uh, which was a shock to me. And Mark Gates and Tim Flowers came in, and I mean, when they came in, I, I mean, I don't I don't know if I was their cup of tea because I wasn't the most physical centre forward. Mm. Um, their system that they played wasn't didn't really suit me, so. I don't know, it was hard for me at first and the first few weeks and months were hard because in my head I'm still I still had teams that wanted like were interested in me in January and I was like, Oh, I need to leave in January but had, that, hearing that interest though, because you mentioned some big, big clubs, like yeah. how did you did that like affect your attention at all? Yeah. Like whilst I, you're playing for Solihull? For me it did Matt towards the end of coming up to January it did for me massively because it was almost as if you're in a game and you're like Oh, I need to do well, and then if yeah. you don't, if you don't do well. You're worrying about scouts that have come to watch you because you know scouts. Because the security guard always used to tell me, "Oh, mm. they're here." Oh, so and so is asking you about you today, Portsmouth, Barnsley, yeah, like sorts of these clubs. And um, yeah, that must have like because like, um, as a striker, obviously you've got obviously I, I don't know myself in it. I'm not really I'm not a striker, but you've got that pressure on yourself to score to score goals like you essentially you guys make the most money because that is your job in the team to 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 put, to put the ball in the back of the net but obviously you're playing for a team that i mean i don't have like this the statistics in front of me but i'm guessing if you're bottom of the league you're bottom for a reason right like, uh, yeah we were bottom for for a reason and exactly. we were back so it must be like hard for you to number one get chances to score goals yeah. If the team isn't great. So then with that added pressure of like, you know, you may only get like one chance a game coupled with the pressure of, geez, there's scouts in the in the in the stands that, you know, could impact my potential like career in the game. Like that must have been a lot of weight on your shoulders at what, twenty? Twenty nineteen twenty? Yeah, I was yeah, I was twenty and it was like it was it was a lot of weight on my shoulders, but I mean, I didn't deal... I could have dealt with... Like, in hindsight, I know I could have dealt with it better. Mm. Um, I know in games, I remember one stands out to me, Maidstone, when um, 
the ball, like one of my teammates had a shot and he even said it to me. He's like, oh, because like, a lot of my friends always just say I was lucky. Like literally the ball was full to me in the right place and I'd, I'd score. Mm. Um, and it, it bounced to me and I, in my head I'd already scored yeah. and I just swung it and I missed. So what and was that, and it, a concentration thing? Kind of, it was just taking things like I was just snapping chances and because mm. I wanted to score that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the new managers bringing in players because in non league, the transfer window is weird, you can bring in players at any time, really. Time, so yeah. Bringing in players left, right, and center. I remember when I was at Solio, they I think they tried to bring in loads of strikers to like compete with me, compliment me. Um, but under under Mark Yates and Tim Flowers, that was the real like I was on the towards the end of it, I was on the bench for most of the time because mm. for two reasons. One, I had I wasn't really hitting like the heights of form that I wasn't early on in the season. And then two, because of the speculation that they was worried about my concentration and my commitment to it. Mm. So I know coming towards the, the transfer window, um, over the month of January there was clubs that were interested in me and I kept going away from Solihull to go to clubs. So I went on trial at Birmingham City. Um, I went to Wigan Athletic. Um, some and taught, So I was spent a week at Birmingham, a week at Wigan, and then I went to Peterborough towards the end of the transfer window and Grant McCann was the manager there at the time and he um, brought me into Peterborough. Um, I remember... Just before, I only agreed to go to Peterborough because it was four days left of the window, yeah. um, and I was like, I just wanted to get myself out there. If they like me, they like me. If not, then I've, at least, I, at least I went and at least I tried. And luckily, that on the Saturday before Dagenham, I remember I was warming up, and I was annoyed because I got there and I, I weren't starting. I was I was annoyed. They just brought in a new striker, Adi Yusuf, to re- obviously to replace me, but I was still at the club, so they played him. First thirty minutes, he scored two goals. <laughs> I'm sat, I was sat on the bench. I remember that game because Adi Youssef used to play for my. I used to coach for a Ryman side called Avely, and Adi Youssef actually got signed from Cheson, I think it was, or something like that. And he was at Avely before, and I remember it, I remember his debut for Dagenham quite well. And we was like, "What? Adi's just scored two like, an, on his debut for for Dagenham." It was it was like a weird experience. It's another Adi Yusuf. This one's from Leicester. Oh, okay. Leicester, you, so, oh, you put... Right, well, that, I, thought, I thought we were a bit dumb now. Um, wait, who was the one that played for... There was another Adi Yusuf then, or Yusuf, who used to yeah, play there, for Dagenham as well. He scored on his debut. I think there was one, but this one, he come in, He came to Solu and he scored two, and I remember I was warming up, and I, like, I, was, I was annoyed, and then the managers brought me on. And I scored like one of the boys, Jermaine Hilton. He, it was like the goal was a good goal because he goes through on goal, chops the keeper, and the centre back and squares it to me, and I tap it in. And I remember it's put us three one up at Dagenham. We were obviously bottom of the league still. Dagenham were near the promotion places, so it was a massive game for us. It, I mean, it, I think I'm not sure if the fans. I can't remember if the fans were saying it kicked off like the great escape for them for Sol- for Solio. Um, I remember that game I scored, so I went to Peterborough. I was confident, did well, did my thing. And uh, got offered a deal at Peterborough, and oh, this was the day before the transfer window closed on the 30th of Jan. I was buzzing, happy. Um, the next day, I was planning to go. I dri- drove back to Loughborough, and the next day, I was planning to go to Peterborough to sign a deal. Um, the night before, my agent called me and he said, "I'll oh, just don't in the morning. Don't go to Peterborough. Go to Solio because first of all, the um, owners at Solio want to sit with you. 
and there's something else on the table that might be happening. So I said, okay, cool. Drove down to uh, Solil with just a bag of my boots and stuff. Um, and then I get to the ground and they're like, oh, I'll just come to a hotel around the corner because we don't, all the lads were in and there was a game, so they didn't want like all the people saying, like speaking to me. So I remember sat there and I was having tea with like uh, the director of football, Solio, and he's like, yeah, um, West Ham are in a meeting deciding whether like, they're going to they're gonna do it or not. I said, what? And he goes, yeah. So you had so, no you had no knowledge of this prior, not an inkling? No, no so like my, my my agent mentioned like the night before, yeah, something might happen and he said West Ham, but I heard it and I just didn't, I didn't think of anything right. of it. Like, my roommate will tell you like, I just thought, nah, he's just messing about. Then obviously when I got to Solio and they said it was real and then I'm sat at nine o'clock on the on the day and they said that um uh Terry Wesley, David Moyes, uh and Karen Brady and the owners were were talking about whether to sign me, whether to give it the green light or not. And then I got the call about eleven o'clock saying I my agent said that I'll drive down to London. You gotta go there for a medical and all everything and I was like so obviously I'm sat in a car for two and a half hours to London from Birmingham, like buzzing, but thinking, oh, just don't crash, just don't yeah. crash. <laughs> and then, yeah, then that day was a whirlwind. I got to West Ham about four o'clock, mm. went for a medical, and then I was sat at the London Stadium for, for hours because they were getting rid of a few players. And obviously, Little Dapo was at the bottom of the list. Yeah, of yeah, death. yeah. We signed Jordan Hugo that day, um, got, got rid of a few players and, so obviously I'm sat there and I was just for ages waiting and it went through about half one, very close, like literally close to the deadline. I went in and signed all the stuff and faxed it over to the FA and then it got done. And then the next day went into West Ham, I had to go for some more medical testing and then the day after I trained and then to start from there, I was just, just that, kicked that on. That must have been all such a blur. Like yeah, it to was- happen that quickly, you know, it's it's something you've probably working towards for you know since you've since you even started playing the game and then for it to happen that quickly for you to get signed by West Ham it must have been an unreal feeling. Yeah, and no, of course it was it was unreal for me. It was good. Um, I like like I was happy to be there. I was just happy to work. I was grateful for the opportunity. Um, I remember my first few sessions were good, and then I played against Sunderland. On in the 23s game, and I played. I was playing against. I went from on the weekend playing in non league mm. to the week after playing against Jack Rodwell at centre back. <laughs> That's crazy, man. What What would you say? So obviously, like, um, you you've played quite a, a bit of under 23s ball, and um, I'm looking at West Ham's games. You lot score so many goals. Like, <laughs> you lot are just. Yeah. It's, it's mad. <laughs> this season we've been we've been on flames. Yeah, you but... guys have been clapping everyone. So, like, ha- what's the differences? Number one between under twenty freeze ball and obviously playing in the conference, and also like, what's the difference between playing for a side who is literally scoring three, four goals a game to someone like Solihull, where you know chances are few and far between? Yeah. Um... Well, obviously the conference is different because you go to games and it's obviously football's a weird one because you get to a game and there's a there's this gradual build up of like the atmosphere, 
expectation, all sorts of things, no matter what level you go to, really, because especially like in terms of the men's game, like especially League One, League Two, conference, like you get to a game half one, you go on the pitch, you start seeing more people around, Thanks, come up, yeah. more people. By the end of the warm up, the stadium, like the grounds getting busier. Yeah. There's people about, and then come two fifty seven, you're walking out onto a pitch. Like there's the music, there's a fan there, and then you go and you play and you enjoy the game. Whereas for twenty three football, it's kind of you don't have that atmosphere building yeah. up a lot. So Empty stadiums, lot. kind of thing. Yeah, it's quite monotonous, and you kind of it's a different type of focus you have to have, I think, because a lot of the time, all that rising yourself, like bringing yourself to that level where you need to hit in a game in men's football, that a lot of the time that could be done for you in terms of you just just by being there because you the the ground does it for you the atmosphere is built whereas in 23's football a lot of the time you've got to kind of build yourself up and think you know what I've got to go out here do this and mm. for example in that game you might make a chance and you'll hear like a roar and you'll get encouraged by the crowd whereas in 23's football it's silent sometimes just hearing your coach scream at you yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> In, in men's football, sometimes, especially when you're playing in the wing, you can get away with not tracking the runners on the other mm. side of the pitch. But, oh, I can't hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can name everything. So. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So so you said, obviously, so West Ham must have been watching you for, because I, I know West Ham, they're very, they're very particular about who they sign, especially young players. Like, they've got a very good record when it comes to, you know, youth talent in particular. So, yeah. like, do, do you know, like, what what it was that brought you to their attention and how oh, long they had been watching you for and stuff? Funny because apparently, um, so Terry Wesley, who was the academy manager at the time, he was good friends with the director of football at Solio, Mark Fogarty, and he, because his son, uh, Mark Fogarty's son, Charlie, with them, um, in Birmingham Academy when Terry was there and Terry was his coach so they was good friends so obviously uh, Mark was doing quite a lot of work on my behalf of trying to get like get clubs to look at me and interestingly told Terry about me so I think Terry and West Ham had scouted me looked at me for a bit and then they knew they saw that I was playing Dagenham which was minutes away from obviously West Ham training ground yeah. and they saw I was playing Dagenham on that Saturday that I told you about so they came, uh, Terry Wesley and Liam Manning, who was the assistant to the 23s at the time, came to watch the game. Obviously, I was on the bench. I didn't know they was there. Um, and obviously, I came on, scored, played well for like 20 minutes. And I had that 20, I didn't know this, but they said to me after, he said, um, I had that 20 minutes to impress them. I had 20 minutes to show them what I could do, and I did it. And obviously, I didn't know at the time, but obviously, looking back, and Liam always used to joke with me about, um, my perception because he said he could see me warming up and he could see all this stuff. <laughs> so it's weird because it's like I didn't know that there was at the game, didn't know there was didn't have a clue. If you had known they had been at the game, how do you think that would have changed your mentality or like anything particular when you were coming onto the pitch? I don't know, it's hard because 
going going back to when I was like a few years ago, my mentality in terms of towards scouts was different. It was like, are oh, there scouts here? Blah blah blah. It's like nowadays, if there's scouts, there's scouts at every game I play. Mm. Where what level? There's always going to be someone watching who knows someone who will put a word in. So that whereas then it was like, oh god, there's scouts here. Blah, blah, like I'm gonna have to. You, sometimes you try to do too much, then yeah. there's people watching, and then you know there's people watching. But um, yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I'm not sure how, how much I could have done different. I mean, the goal I scored was put on the plate for me, mm-hmm. so there's not really much else I could do. Um, could have scored another one to be honest, but the keeper made a good save. But yeah, yeah just, he obviously did enough though to yeah. to capture their interest though. Yeah, so I mean, apparently after. After the game, they spoke to Solil, and then Solil told them that Peterborough were interested in Peterborough, like they was going to accept a bid from Peterborough. So then, apparently, West Ham stepped in and 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 got me. So yeah, it was good. I'm grateful for for Terry and Liam for for the for the opportunity they've given me. So so, so what's the what's the what's the oh like what's the long term plan at West Ham? Obviously, that might sound like a bit of a stupid question because obviously the idea is obviously break into the first team and move from there but what are your like short term goals and and long term goals um for for West Ham currently um currently for me it's uh i mean when i first joined the club david moyes was a manager mm. um I trained i trained with the first team once or twice then and obviously from then to now i'm a much different player i've learned a lot um i've come on so much and i've learned from my own experiences as well so I feel like I'm in a position now where I can go and, and for me it's up to me to show the manager what I can do and and for him to then um, trust me enough to give me an opportunity if it works out if it doesn't work out all I can do is give it my best at West Ham and try to um, get myself in the manager's eye and that's what I'm working towards really um, yeah sorry go on. yeah yeah I was just saying I've, I've had a I had a rough time of injuries yeah. but I'm coming out of that now. This this little quarantine period has helped me. Uh, I had surgery just before it, so I mean, Marie, I'm not missing out on much football at all at the minute. And no, no, I guess that's it, it's so, kind of working good in 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 favour for you in terms of like you're making recovery and stuff. Yeah, I mean, in the short term, my main the main focus for me is to get back fit. Um, we're, we're currently top of the league in the 23 mm. league. I think we're top by a point from United. Um, we're in the semi-final of the International Cup I think we've got Arsenal away at the Emirates so I mean we've got five massive games five games we have to win um, I don't see United slipping up much um, in the next four so I mean it's it's down to us the league's in our hands so that's for me to win the league and hopefully get to the final of that cup the International Cup would be massive um, so it's something that we, as a group we're working towards and we want to do we want to win the league and we want to win that international cup and then from there we will take it take it into next season yeah you're, you're three points clear in the in the league you are unbeaten yeah we're unbeaten I mean we've dropped a few points we've, we've drawn a few games we should have won yeah a couple of free free draws and... <laughs> yeah I remember Reading move 3-1 up and we conceded twice yeah uh, Wait, um, yeah, we just need to, just need to. I mean, with twenty three foot, we see it quite high scoring games because sometimes there's individual errors and stuff. But yeah. it's, it's players are learning. 
learning this trade. I mean, our team, especially we we we're, we're really good because we've got a lot of young players. That like one of our players that plays week in week out, so only sixteen, seventeen. Amadou Diallo. So, um, who would you say is um, obviously along with yourself? Who would you say is like the best the best player in um, in that squad at the moment? Like anyone that you're tipping to, you know, go go all the way. Uh, I mean. If you speak to West Ham people, everyone, a lot of people tell you um, about Nathan Holland. Uh, Jeremy Ngaki has obviously now made his Premier League debut and he's played about three, four games now for West Ham. Ben Johnson, um, Connor Coventry, Dan Kemp, like names like this. In the younger age groups going, that you've got Aji Alise, who's an England international. He's on loan at Atkinson. Um Amadou Diallo as well, who's England international. Jamal Baptiste, who's only 15, played, he played a, few, a handful of pre- under-23 games already. So, I mean, West Ham's a club where if you're old enough, you're good enough. So, yeah. just it's one of those things. We've got a good setup, great team. So, that, I mean, that must be really encouraging for you because obviously you've done quite well this season numbers-wise. Like, you've got, like, I think you played eight games, you've got three goals, four assists. That's That's pretty decent numbers. So, like, for you, it must be encouraging to know that that if you perform well, there's, like, a clear path there for you to go to the first team historically. Yeah, it's that's one of the main reasons. Because I, I looked at it, but I said it with my dad at the time, as you say, if you're, if you're 19, 20, and you're in a, in a like, a, a men's football environment, I always said to myself, I didn't really want to go down the under-23s route, but Outside the top six, you look at the clubs, and there's no one. There's no one better that I could have gone to than West Ham. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, because historically, the way that they've produced players year after year, season after season, it's just it, it makes it's an offer. It was an offer you, I couldn't turn down. Yeah, like West Ham United, being a London boy as well, getting to come back home, it makes it made so much sense to me, and well, hopefully, it pays off. And yeah. I'm, I'm working my hardest to. To make sure it does, you um, you you had a, a couple of loan spells uh, this season, right? So you went to um, Oldham and yeah, so so I went to Oldham, Oldham Manchester, to, sorry, that's it. Yeah, I went to Oldham at the end of last season. Okay, um, and Mansell at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, so my loans have been different because coming out of men's football and going into academy football, my my whole thing was and I want to go back into um, men's football I want to be playing again I want to play week in week out scoring goals and kind of build my profile up again so beginning of um, what is it now 1920 so beginning of 2018-19 season um, had a few clubs I could have gone on loan to in League 2 in League 1 as well and in the conference so I was like weighing up the options that I had there then we went on a pre-season tour to Slovakia and a Slovakian club came in for me and they were Spartak Trnava and they were in the Europa League. Mm. So, I mean, they came in and it was on deadline day and I decided to, to try and make that deal happen because, I mean, at twenty at 21, how many people can say they've played in the Europa League, mm. um, gone alone to... Come and learn abroad and played in Europa League. So, so you don't for me, fear going. You don't fear going like abroad, even to countries like Slovakia, where you know. To, I mean, to most people, it's like 
what is Slovakia kind of thing. Like I've heard of Spartak Tanava, and uh, but it's like you're you're not afraid of doing that. Nah, I mean for me it was one of those things where I looked I looked at him. I said if I go there, do well. Um, if I I said even if I go to the, go play because their group in Europa League that season. I, let me get it up because if you look at it, they had Andelect, um Fenerbahce. I remember, some, and they even beat Fenerbahce. I remember. But they had Anderlecht, Fenerbahce, and someone else in their group. So they had, I think it was Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They had three big Massive, European yeah, yeah, yeah. in their group. And I said, if I go there and, I, and I'm going to play. And massive stadium as well. Massive Fenerbahce away would be massive. And mm. you, you go there, you play that game, you basically you, you put your name on the map, like. Yeah. And that was something that I thought, you know what, I'll go and try and do. And unfortunately, the deal didn't didn't go through. And then the week after, I had a I had a knee injury, and that kind of put me out for the first half of the season. Yeah. So um, going to Oldham probably I've rushed probably rushed it a bit um, because I literally was just coming back from a knee injury. Oldham came in for me; they were interested um, in taking me on loan. Um, I heard that Paul Scholes was going to be the manager. Um, and it was something I thought I'd go, I'd go there, I'd learn off him. Um, they were good in terms of managing West Ham's expectations in terms of my injury and waiting for me. So, I mean, I signed for them on the deadline day, but I didn't end up going there till mid-Feb. Mm. So two weeks after, two and a half weeks after, um, because I I had to hit some, like some things with my rehab for my knee. So they were good, went there, started off, um, they're really well um, in terms of when I, I played my first game was Berry away massive game um, for, especially for Oldham fans it was a local derby um, I remember we sc- Callum Lang scored and the f- and old we had two and a half thousand away fans there and um, both behind both sides of the goal and they're setting off flares at either end of the ground at, at Berry and um, I thought oh, this is this is this is what I've been missing. Um, came on and we got I ended we, I mean I know we was one nil up um, I think they I think they scored no so we was one nil up and it like they was they was pushing us hard and then obviously the gaffer um, said so, oh that's coming so as I'm coming from the touchline to get my shirt on they've equalised to make it 1-1 then they've kicked off and we've had a chance and it's gone out for a goal kick um, they've brought me on then they've gone from the goal kick and they've gone up the other end and scored. So before I've even touched the ball, we're two one down. So my first touch was a kick off, <laughs> and uh, I mean they they scored another, and then they kind of saw the game out. But I think I had two appearances, two appearances off the bench, and then I started my first game against Cambridge and I played really well. Mm. Uh, Seventy minutes, uh, did really well in that. Um, I remember the manager like was was happy with me. Then I started the, on the Tuesday night against Lincoln, um, and then in that game, first forty-five again, they're top of the league. They're, it reminded me kind of of the Forest Green game when I was at Solil. They were top of the league. We were underdogs. We went there. We played. We were playing good football. We had chances. And then in, just before half time, I went in for a challenge and I dislocated my shoulder. And then I remember going off the pitch and like. My shoulder was out, and then I went down the tunnel. Ended up couldn't get it back in. Ended up going to hospital, um, and we, I mean we lost the game three one. 
Uh, I think it was 3-1. But I'll tell you, I think we lost the game and then uh, I obviously had dislocated my shoulder and then had a, a, quite a bit of time off for that. Um, I was told like I might need surgery for it. But for me, because I'd just, just come back from a knee surgery, I didn't want to go straight into a shoulder surgery and then to be out for the rest of the season. So I kind of pushed it, pushed myself came back from that um, did well in the games I came back from so I think I played five more games towards the end of the season um, we had an outside chance of the playoffs I mean it came to mid uh, March and if we won all our games we'd make we, if we won our last four games we'd make the uh, playoffs mm. um, and then yeah I think we lost to Exeter away and then our playoff chances went, so then our season kind of died down, really. Um, but it was a good experience for me, first the experience of league football. Um, I didn't, I didn't manage to score there, which was something that was on my back a bit. Yeah. Uh, because I kind of had a had a rough time of injuries and stuff. But um, yeah, went back to West Ham for pre-season this last summer. Um, we had a bit of a management change. Uh, Ricky Martin came, academy manager. Um, Liam Manning, who not was our... Ricky tw- Martin? Nah, not the evil <laughs> Ricky Martin. Nah, um, uh, Liam Manning, who was our 23s manager, went to New York City FC. Um, so uh, Dimitri Halasko came in. And uh, that combination, those two really helped me in terms of my development. Dimitri believes in me a lot. But he's he's very good at man management, man managing the team, and tactically he's very very good as well. I mean, the way we play now, it, like against the problem for most teams, whether it be because we got relegated in the twenty three league last season, so this season we're in the Premier League two division two, and we're like we play against we play friendlies against teams in the division above, and we walk them like we're just as good as them, if mm. not better. Played we played some good games towards the beginning of the season. Played against Brentford B. I remember I was in great form, playing well. I had clubs I wanted to take me on loan again. And then, oh, for me, it was always an opportunity. I always wanted to go on loan and get an opportunity to play yeah. again. And I felt like with the olden thing, I didn't do myself as much justice as I could have. Um, and I, I just went to Man- And then Mansfield came in for me. And from knowing about Mansfield last season, knowing that they all they were fighting near the top of the league, should have they literally they should have gone up. I mean, they had about four or five games towards the end of the season where they just needed to, needed a win to go up and they didn't manage to go up. They lost in the playoffs, so I knew they'd want to push to go up this season. This season. So I went there thinking, uh, if, I mean, the squad was really the squad's really good and I went there thinking if I can go there and make an impact and be in a team near the top of the league, I'm going to get opportunities, I'm going to get chances. So it was something I thought I should go for. Yeah. So... I mean, I went there and uh, I mean, things didn't really work out the way I thought they would. Um, uh, the manager brought me in and I, I played, I started, I played a few games towards the beginning off the bench and stuff, played in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, then I kind of grew a bit frustrated in terms of my game time because I was training well, I was doing well in games and then I wasn't getting an opportunity and I kept being told the same things, but it, 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 they weren't making sense to me. They weren't all added up. When when you went on loan to Mansfield, is that something that West Ham kind of like they they sort that out and like in terms of like they they say to you right, we think 
Mansfield is going to be a good loan option for X, Y, Z? Or is that something they came in for you and you were just sort of like, yeah, I like the look of that? Um, I mean, it's a bit of both because they, they sometimes they have clubs come in for you and they won't even tell you because it's, they wouldn't let you go. It's, they don't agree terms with the club. Mm. Um, Mansfield was one because I know at the time like the um, Dimitri was telling me that other clubs were interested in me but Mansfield was one of those that I thought League 2 top top end of League 2 they've got a good budget um, good my agent to get some goals man yeah my agent told me about them and said it was the way they set up and the way they run has been pretty good so mm. it was almost that one it helped me towards it because at Oldham, I'd, Oldham at the time when I was there had quite a lot of issues in terms of the way they were running the fans protesting the owner yeah. and things so that was hard because you felt you're on the like you're preparing for a game and you know that the fans are might apparently going to have a tennis ball protest where they're going to be tennis balls on the pitch. So it's like God knows like over that you didn't know what was happening. Um, obviously, Paul Scholes resigned, and at that time when I got there, the boiler was out of the ground, so we was washing our own kit. Um, all sorts was going on, um, and. Yeah, I don't know. It was almost I just needed a, somewhere to be set, where I could settle down and just just get, get back to normality, get yeah. back to play football. So I went to Mansell. Yeah, I thought, didn't quite happen that for you. And it didn't quite happen for a number of reasons. I mean, um, personally, I feel I feel like the club would be in a different position if um, if we'd gone gone about it a different way in terms of on the pitch. Uh, we had a lot of good players that weren't playing. Um, we, went, we kind of I mean for the manager I felt like it was always hard for him because the way we played the system that he played he kind of tried to fit everyone in but it was always hard because you have to make those tough decisions sometimes um, but hey I, I didn't get a Cut out for a bit. I think we had some Zoom gremlins. It's cool though. It's cool. It's cool. Um, anyway, look, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so um, I'm, I want to just quickly move on to some. I'm going to just throw some questions at you. Um, um, who is the best player that you've played against? Mm, I played against. Um... I think in terms of at, like directly up against the best player I've played against would be, I mean, I, when I played against Jack Rodwell, that was a bit of a culture shock for me. Mm. because, I mean, he was a senior experienced pro and I was just coming out of non-league. And I mean, it was a 23s game, but it was still tough. I thought I'd, like I did well, but directly up against it would probably be him. In a game, um, the player, like, an attacking player on the opposition team probably Kundai Benyu when we played against Aldershot um, he was he was very very good that day um, uh, Norwood from Tranmere was good um, who else was there um, at Forest Green Christian Deutsch and Liam Noble very good players so yeah those I'd say those those ones pretty who who would you say is the best player that you train with at West Ham? So like that could be like first team, 
Um, under, under 23, whoever. First team, I'd say the player that sh- like shocked me the most when I trained with him to realise how good they were was Jack Wilshire. Okay, I remember yeah. when he joined the club, we had us Manuel Pellegrini out, so for a few of us young lads to play to train with him on international break, and yeah. I remember he it's like you can't get the ball off him, he yeah. just knows where to move the ball, so you just can't get it off him, and he's just tidy in everything he does. Um, yeah, I wish he could stay fit, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, he's a very, very good player. Yeah. Um, what about like the guys like Manuel Lanzini, Anderson, uh, Philippe Lan- Anderson, and, and Lan- Lanzini, Anderson? There are real players yeah. as well. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, man. I can imagine. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier in the pod that you've got a certain um cousin that uh gave you some uh, boots. Yeah, I'm gonna take a wild guess and and see who that cousin is. Yeah, but it's not a a, a Bukayo Saka, is it? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had that knowledge beforehand. To be fair, um, someone mentioned it to me and said that you you are you are cousins with um Bukayo. Um, yeah. what's 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 he like as a player? Because obviously his um his development this season has been unreal. Like he he's just. He's just come on leaps and bounds, and now you know people consider him as maybe, you know, um, potentially being one of the best left backs in the world, or maybe being one of the best wingers in the world at like his age group. I mean, I mean, I've, I've known him. I've known him my whole life. I've seen him grow up. I mean, we used to we used to play in the garden at my house and his house. Like every weekend, it used to be me and his brother against him and my brother. Mm. And uh, it was always my brother. My brother and his brother were both at Watford together. He was at Arsenal. I was at, I was at Chelsea. So the four of us in the garden used to have some battles. And he was always good. Like he's always strong, quick, and he was left foot. Always had a powerful left foot. So seeing him grow up in the Arsenal academy, I mean, I've watched. I watched him play games all the time. I remember he played this under fifteen game uh, in against West Brom. So when I was at Solihull. I had a game. Then the same night, I had the Forest Green game. I went to see him. I went to watch him with my uncle, and he was playing at left back. And they went. They were. They were losing two 0 and their manager like pushed him to left wing, and he he came alive. I could. I was like, he was beating players. He crossed. He, I think he got an assist, and then he come in and cut inside on his right foot, similar to a goal he scored against um, Standard Liège in Europa. His right foot. Yeah, cut yeah. in on his right foot and just whipped it in. And, got, and they uh and I remember all of all the parents for his age group went wild. I remember there's a video of his dad <laughs> going crazy. But I remember saying, Oh, I'm gonna go school one for you tonight. So, and I did. So, yeah, just seeing him grow up has been good and, and playing with him and, and things and I mean he's he's a he's a very good kid, comes from a good home and he, he's humble and I mean I think that's what helps him the most and when he goes, I mean, I can imagine what he's like at Arsenal at training. When he goes there, he just gives his best and just does does what he's asked of. Really, I mean, he seems like I, know, type, yeah. I know he could he plays either left back or on the wings, and no matter where he plays, he has an impact. I remember when I was alone, I went to watch him at Sheffield United in the Premier League, and I, I was I, I just I loved it. I remember I played against him when I was for the twenty threes at West Ham the season before, okay, and then. Yeah. That was good, a good moment for us, and then to see him, um, obviously in the Premier League. Now I, I went to watch him for his Premier League debut, so I mean we're quite close, and I mean hopefully 
I get to play against him in the Premier League soon. I mean, yeah, I don't know how many uh, footballing cousins would have played against each other in the Premier League, but maybe you guys would be up there with like being one of the first. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's that's obviously the plan. I mean, he's ahead of me now, so I've got to work. To, yeah, yeah, to... yeah. No, don't worry, man. Soon come, soon come. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dapper, man, it's been amazing having you on. Like, I've really enjoyed it. Um, like, you're, I know you've said that you wanted to come on the podcast, so maybe, like, uh, we can get you on the podcast soon. Uh, the, the the main podcast, I think the lads would be uh, happy, to, happy to have you on and um, just with them. Yeah. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some strong opinions you on got, football. You got, yeah, you got some. <laughs> you got some agendas to to reel off. <laughs> People hate having football chats with me and debates because you know, if I believe in something, I'm just I don't care what you say. Yeah, nah, that's it. So no, yeah. do you know what? That's what we're all about in it. But yeah, man, I appreciate your time completely, and um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, man. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.